You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. It is a Friday. We head into the weekend with more reaction from the early signing period as Tennessee added another player on Thursday. Not a surprise. Tennessee was expected to have another addition here in this early signing period, but it was a good addition. I'll tell you about that coming up in just a moment here on the show. Also, a Tennessee football player announces he is coming back for a senior season, a player who could have a really big senior year next season. I'll get to that here in the first segment of the show as well. Coming up in segment number two, Mike Farrell of Rivals.com talks about Tennessee's class, what he likes about the class, and what stands out about Jeremy Pruitt recruiting in his first year at Tennessee. And then in segment number three, kind of wrapping things up, a little basketball as well as Tennessee gets ready to host Wake Forest this upcoming weekend. I'll get to all of that coming up on Locked On Vols. Your team every day here five days a week talking about what's going on with Tennessee, both football, basketball, Tennessee athletics, all right here on Locked On Vols on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, really anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find Locked On Vols. So on Thursday afternoon, Running back Eric Gray from Memphis announced that he is signing with Tennessee. He did that on Thursday afternoon, and Gray is a big get for Tennessee. He was expected to sign with Tennessee. I think the Vols have shown that they were the favorites for a while now. But for Tennessee to land Eric Gray is, I think, big for the Vols. He is a player who could come in and be an instant impact playmaker. And he plays a position where I think Tennessee offensively should be able to find ways to get him the football. Now, I say that not knowing who the offense coordinator is and exactly what their plan might be, but every offense coordinator can look at a playmaker like Eric Gray and say, yeah, let's try to get him the football. So that's something that could maybe alleviate some pressure from Ty Chandler out of the backfield as this past season, I think Chandler showed himself to be the best playmaker on the offense. And that could be the case next year as well. But with Eric Gray into the fold, you have Ramel Keaton, as well, a, a true freshman wide receiver for next year. Jared Means also signed with Tennessee on Wednesday at wide receiver. He adds a speed dynamic, I think, to Tennessee's offense. There's something to work with there. And there's never a guarantee that someone will be an instant impact player. But I do think Eric Gray has a really good chance to be that. Gray is the only three-time Mr. Football winner in the history of the state of Tennessee. That takes something for him to be able to pull that off. And he's been making plays for a while and is a guy that I think will be inserted into Tennessee's offense. And he doesn't have to come in and be the guy. You don't have to get Gray the football 20 times a game. But if you can get him the ball five to ten times a game and every time there's the potential that he can hit a home run, well, that's something that Tennessee could use. So Eric Gray signing with Tennessee gives the Vols 18 signees in the early portion of the 2019 class, there are also three players who are currently committed to Tennessee. Ladarius Cox, Lakia Henry, and Anthony Harris, three defensive prospects in the class. Tennessee adds an offensive playmaker and gets a boost. When you look at the composite rankings as they were updated on Thursday, Tennessee moved up a spot to number 16 nationally. That's number six in the SEC. It's one spot ahead of Florida. Florida is number 17. So, one spot behind in the SEC as well as the national rankings. And of course, this is all subject to change because this is not the complete 
class for any of these schools. This is just the early signing period, and those numbers, by the way, do include the commitments. It's not just signees, but the commitments as well. Both Tennessee and Florida have 21 commitments. I went over the rankings briefly on Wednesday's show, but again, to repeat, the top four in the country are from the SEC. Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, and LSU, they are the top four schools. Auburn is number 11, Tennessee number 16, Florida number 17 out of the SEC. Now, how many of these players could help Tennessee right away? That's to be determined, but I do think Tennessee will look for as much immediate help as it can find, and I think Jeremy Pruitt has challenged some of these players and will continue to do so to get them ready to play and help immediately. Tennessee needs more talent. Tennessee needs more depth, and I think a number of players will be able to help with that, especially with a good portion of them coming in early. Jeremy Pruitt said he left it up to the prospects whether they come in early or not, meaning coming in for the spring semester, but everybody recognizes coming in in the spring has plenty of benefits. It's not just going through spring practice, but it gives you a full semester of getting used to being in college, going through classes every day before your upcoming fall semester during the season. You also get to go through winter and summer workouts, so you get eight months on campus before you play a game. Eric Gray will be on campus coming up in just a few weeks. That's something else that will be able to help him in trying to play right away. And Jeremy Pruitt did talk about the hope that some of these guys will be able to help Tennessee this upcoming fall. We wouldn't have recruited them if we didn't think that they could contribute early. Um, you know, I think lots of times we put unrealistic expectations on freshmen. So, um, you know, I think they control that. Um, you know, they'll control how much they play. So um, we'll see. So we will find out, but again, you can expect several players in this class to help Tennessee immediately, I'd say, at all different position groups, on the offensive line, at receiver, at running back, linebacker, defensive line, the defensive backfield. Tennessee needs help in all of those areas, and it's looking for that help in the 2019 class. More recruiting talk to come coming up in the next segment. Mike Farrell from Rivals.com, his thoughts on Jeremy Pruitt's first class, which again is a work in progress. All of the 2019 classes are, but Mike will tell you what he thinks about Jeremy Pruitt's first full year in Knoxville recruiting at Tennessee. One good news item for Tennessee that came out on Thursday is that Daryl Taylor, the redshirt junior outside linebacker, announced he will return to Tennessee for his senior season. I don't think there was a big anticipation that he would turn pro, but Corte Sapp announced last week that he would, so there was the question, could anybody else make that kind of jump? Daryl Taylor released this statement on Thursday on his Twitter account, quote, I'm excited to continue to build what we started last year with my brothers, the coaching staff, and our whole team. I improved a lot in 2018, but I'm nowhere near the player I know I can be, and I'm looking forward to accomplishing more on and off the field. I want to obtain my degree and continue to be a leader for the Vols. And that could be really important for Tennessee to have Taylor back, one of the most proven players, I would say, on Tennessee's defense returning next season. And Taylor has shown his potential. His athleticism has never been questioned. His physical ability to go out there and make plays, can he do it more consistently? I'd say will be a challenge from Tennessee's coaching staff heading into next season. But remember, Taylor had the three sacks against Georgia, four sacks against Kentucky. He doesn't have to go get three sacks per game, but if he can be consistently disruptive and make plays as he did this past season at times, 
that can make a big difference for Tennessee's defense. And then you think about the combination of guys coming back at outside linebacker. Remember in the middle of the season, Tennessee had to replace Jonathan Kongbo, and that was tough for Tennessee to do. He was starting to come on as a reliable player. Jonathan was. So when he went down, that was a loss, but it did provide more of an opportunity for somebody like DeAndre Johnson. So let's see what he can do heading into his junior season next year. What kind of offseason can J.J. Peterson have? Jordan Allen, who was at Tennessee this past fall as a junior college transfer. What can those guys get done in the weight room? What can they do this entire offseason, both training and going through spring practice? Peterson is a guy that had a limited fall because he was not a part of fall camp. He was just here for the three months of the season and came in out of shape, so he had to catch up. Now, J.J. has a chance to go through an entire offseason. Let's see if he can be a guy that is a more reliable contribute next year as a redshirt freshman. So good news for Tennessee, Darrell Taylor announcing that he is coming back for his senior season next year, and he will be a very important part of Tennessee's defense in 2019. Coming up here on Locked On Vols, Mike Farrell of Rivals.com tells you what he thinks about Tennessee's 2019 class, Jeremy Pruitt's recruiting efforts in his first full season recruiting for UT, and what changes Jeremy Pruitt might make from his first year in Knoxville. That's coming up right here on Locked On Vols, your team every day. And you're heading into the weekend, maybe going to watch some bowl games, of course, getting ready for everything going on during the holidays. And you look at your TV, see your channel lineup, and think, man, I've got way too many channels. I don't need all these. Maybe check out Sling TV. Sling TV is a great option for you if you just want to watch ESPN, the SEC, the Pac-12, and more. You want to watch college football, college basketball. Sling TV can help you for only $30 a month. You get those channels. You don't deal with contracts or hidden fees. They make it easy for you to stream to your flat screen TV or favorite viewing device, whatever the case might be. And you can cancel Sling TV anytime. So why don't you try it out? Go to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Get a seven-day free trial and try it out for yourself. See what you think at sling.com slash locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So Mike Farrell joined Sports 180 on WNML this week, and we talked to him after Tennessee was putting its 2019 class together in the early period on Wednesday about what Tennessee's class looks like so far, what Jeremy Pruitt has tried to get done with this first full class that he is signing. So big picture, the first thing I asked Mike Farrell is, what do you think about Tennessee's class? You know, they're closing pretty well. You know, they've still got a couple guys out there that aren't going to sign in the early signing period that I think they get, um, you know, to, to round out this class. I, I like the offensive line class, especially. I think they got um, four really good guys that can impact them, you know, not immediately. It's a position that usually takes a little bit of 
development. But um, they did a good job on the offensive line. Uh, defensive back class is very strong as well. So um, star power-wise, you know, they've got a, a, an elite wide receiver. They could use another one. Um, and they've got some Juco kids, I think, that can step in right away. So what he's looking for is he's looking for guys that can help quickly. And I think there's a lot of guys in this class that can, that can do that. Yeah, Jeremy Prude, I think, has looked at the secondary and said Tennessee needs more speed, more athleticism, more depth. So Jalen McCullough, I guess, would help highlight that group. Tyus Fields, uh, Warren Burrell has just signed officially with Tennessee. When you look at that defensive backfield, what stands out to you? Um, size. You know, I mean, they're not all – some of them aren't filled out yet. You know, Warren Burrell is 165 pounds soaking wet, but he's 5'11". He's got a good frame. Jalen McCullough is a big kid, um, you know, 6'1", 190. Uh, Tyus Fields, 5'10", but he's thick. He's 190 pounds. So I think they've added some size there. That's something you're obviously going to need. Anthony Harris is a tall kid who's got to fill out as well. Size, size, length, and athleticism is what they're looking for, uh, and I think that's what they got. And uh, a couple of those big names that you mentioned that Tennessee's still in the mix uh, with uh, Jaden Hazelwood, the talented receiver, and then Quivaris Crouch, the athlete. What, what do you think? Uh, as far as where things stand with those guys as uh, they still have some time to make their announcements? I think they lead for Crouch. You know, they had the late visit with him before the early signing period. He's going to announce his decision, I believe, in an All-American Bowl in early January. Um, so I think they lead for him. They took the lead away from Clemson, and Clemson has been his longtime leader, so that's a big deal for them. As far as Hazelwood, um, he's a kid that I think is leaning right now towards Miami or Georgia. Tennessee's playing catch-up, um, but, you know, obviously they're not out of it for him. He'd be a, a, a sort of a dark horse, I think, in this class. And, and then, of course, Darnell Wright, the five-star offensive tackle, I think they lead for as well, especially if, if Alabama gets Evan Neal today, the five-star from uh, offensive tackle from IMG, I think Darnell Wright heads to Tennessee. So they're in good shape for two out of three of them. If Tennessee is able to close with Darnell Wright to go with an offensive line class that also includes signee Wanya Morris, what do you think about Tennessee's overall offensive line group, if that is the case, and how would that compare to maybe the best offensive line groups in the country? Probably in the, in the top six or so in the country. Um, you know, Notre Dame has a great offensive line class. LSU, uh, as expected, has a great offensive line class. So there's, there's classes out there that are equal to or better. Um, but if they get Darnell right, I think they'd probably be right in that top six, top five range for offensive line. Um, and that's important, you know. Some of these guys are projects. You know, Akpergini is a project. It's going to take him a little while to hit the field, whereas I think Wanya and Darnell Wright are both uh, technically sound enough to maybe play early. Um, so it's a good mix. I think you're going to see these guys, you know, impact at different times, some early, some later, uh, and they'll, they'll spread across, you know, two or three years as far as their impact is concerned. Hey, Mike, how do you describe what Alabama and Georgia are doing right now in recruiting? Different level. Um, you know, Clemson and Ohio State are on that level. There's, there's about three or four teams that are recruiting at a different level. Um, you know, they're reloading and not recruiting. And uh, I think it's going to lead to national championships for, for all of them. You know, Clemson's already won one. Alabama's won numerous. I think you're going to see Georgia win one over the next few years. Um, Ohio State's already won one as well. That's the type of recruiting consistency that you need to win a national championship. And it takes years. You know, not just one or two good classes. Uh, it takes, you know, four or five good classes to put together a team where, you know, top guys are competing against top guys every day in practice and making them better.
And then last thing, what do you think projecting long-term about Jeremy Pruitt as a recruiter, as the head coach at Tennessee? I think it'll get better. Um, you know, it was a little bit disjointed at the beginning. They couldn't figure out which in-state kids they wanted to go after, um, you know, where to put their priorities. And I think, you know, that hurt them a little bit in this class when you're talking about in-state recruits. Um, I think with experience and, and getting to know the state better and better relationships in the state, I think he'll improve uh, and, and things will just get better. Mike Farrell of Rivals.com. And as you heard him say, he likes Tennessee's chances with Kovars Crouch and Darnell Wright, two guys I've talked about this week. And I'd say the top two targets remaining on Tennessee's board after the Vols landed Eric Gray on Thursday. Tennessee needs help at linebacker and Crouch could provide that. Darnell Wright could really help round out the offensive line class as well. So let's see if Crouch signs today. And even if he does, we're probably not going to know it. He's announcing on January 5th at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. And then uh, Darnell Wright is planning to announce in February, or at least sign in February. He could announce before then, but he will not be signing in the early signing period. But Tennessee right now has a top 20 class, number 16 in the composite rankings as of Thursday, and they will have a chance to move up. The Vols will if they're able to land some other players, and they will go after some guys. And they have three committed players who could be pursued by other schools, and that's something to pay attention to as well. It's far from over, but a lot of it has been completed at this point with the 2019 class. Coming up here in the final segment of Locked on Vols, your team every day. A look at Tennessee's basketball game coming up this weekend against Wake Forest. The Vols with only two games to go in non-conference play before SEC play begins in two weeks. That's right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day. And remember, it's available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. If you want to send me any questions or comments for the show, please do so. I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Josh Ward. You can uh, hit me up, follow there as well. And I'll work in uh, questions to the show periodically. I've had a few sent to me this week that I'll get in next week. And speaking of next week, uh, there will be no show on Monday or Tuesday with Christmas Eve and Christmas coming up. But I'll be back uh, later on next week. And there will still be plenty to talk about with Tennessee football and Tennessee basketball. At some point, an offense coordinator will be hired. So that will be a talking point. And I'll start to kind of look back at this 2018 season. It's complete. What's remaining? What needs to be filled out in the 2019 class? And what to look forward to this upcoming spring? So there is still a lot to break down, even with the offseason here. I'll be doing that every day on Locked On Vols. So Tennessee's basketball team is getting ready for Wake Forest coming up on Saturday. It will be an early tip Saturday, noon Eastern time at Thompson Bowling Arena. The game will be on ESPN2. If you're in the Knoxville listening area on 99.1 and 107.7 WIVK on the radio, Saturday will probably be a big travel day, I'm sure, and and people driving around maybe getting some shopping done during the afternoon on Saturday. But it will be available on ESPN2 and then, of course, on the Vol Network on the radio. And Wake Forest is a team that's not had the best start to the season. Wake is ranked outside the top 140. If you look at the KenPom.com rankings, number 143 is where you'll find the Demon Deacons. They actually lost to Houston Baptist in overtime earlier this season. Houston Baptist is not exactly a powerhouse team. The wins for Wake Forest this season are against North Carolina A&T, Cal State Fullerton, Valparaiso, Western Carolina, 
Charlotte, and Davidson. Davidson is the highest-ranked team that Wake Forest has beaten, according to the Ken Palm rankings. Davidson is 85th in the country. So Wake still has a lot to prove. It is a team that can hit the outside shot. It has shot pretty well from behind the three-point line this season, and it has done a good job of getting to the free-throw line. Tennessee needs to stay out of foul trouble. Grant Williams has had issues there this season. He needs to make sure he stays out of foul trouble as well. But defend the perimeter, and if Tennessee does what it does best, if it's able to play inside out on offense, if it's able to play good defense, if it's able to rebound the basketball, and if Tennessee can get to the free throw line, then Tennessee will be fine in this game. I read Grant Ramey's story on GoVols247.com on Thursday, talking about Jordan Bone, how he played so well against Samford on Wednesday. And Bone is so important for what Tennessee does this season. Of course, he plays point guard, and, and that position is going to matter. Tennessee has also been without Lamonte Turner for most of this season so far, and I think that's put a little more pressure on Bone to play well and maybe play a little more. Uh, depth is going to be something that Tennessee needs to get figured out, and that's why Turner's health and availability is going to be so important for Tennessee. But there's a lot on Jordan Bone now, who is a uh, junior, and he's played a lot of basketball. He's been pushed hard by Tennessee's coaching staff. And in that story from Grant, it talked about the 90-minute meeting that Jordan Bone and Coach Rick Barnes had and how that helped Bone come out and, and play well. And Bone's been pushed hard his in, entire time at Tennessee, and I think at times he had a difficult time handling it. I think now that he's older – I think the the coaching and the hard coaching from Rick Barnes, I think Bone is able to take to that more easily and use it to get better, and maybe Wednesday is an example of that. That could be a good sign for Jordan Bone, but remember when I talked to him before the start of the season, I asked him, what's it like being coached by Rick Barnes, and, and how challenging has it been? Here's what Jordan Bone said about playing for Rick Barnes. It's amazing, man. Um, I love it. it it's... It's definitely something that you have to be tough for. Um, you have to be a guy that's that's very patient. Um, you have to be a mature guy that understands the process, and you just have to you have to be able to, you know, you gotta have tough skin. Um, he's gonna be on you harder than anyone. So. Um, yeah, man, I, like I said, I wouldn't want it any other way. Just being uh, one of Barnes' point guards, he pushes me like no other. Um, and, and he's not going to change. I'm just excited, you know, to see where all this heads, heads towards. Did you know that was the case when you came to Tennessee, that he was, that he was as hard on his players, as challenging as he is? Honestly, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't know how tough it would be coming in. I mean, I knew it was going to be hard, but – this was, I mean, it's definitely something that, that I wasn't expecting, but um, I didn't really understand it freshman year. Um, I took a lot of things personal because I was just immature. Um, it didn't take me until about the middle of last year to, to really understand what was going on. And, and it took me, you know, it took me time to mature throughout this process. So. I feel like it's going to be huge for me in my career in the future, um, as well as the team, man. He he does an amazing amazing job at what he does, man. I can't I can't stress that enough. 
Yeah. Talking to Jordan Bone. So, was there? Did you lean on anybody? Was there something to help you when you were kind of questioning, or it was harder to deal with the the way that you're coached? How, how did you get through that to where you matured to the point you did? Yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, you know, talk to some of the coaches, the other coaches, just to you know get an understanding of why why things were the way they were, like why I was being coached so hard. Um, and, and the coaches here, um, they just, it's, it's like a family. They, they understand what you're going through and they help you in tough situations. So um, it, it was very, it was very easy to, not easy, but um, it was something that I can get through with the support from my coaches. Um, and as well as my family, my family was there for me. Um, just knowing that, hey man, it's gonna be all right. Like just hearing that from people that you care about. Jordan Bone played really well the other night, and he's going to play a big role for Tennessee's basketball team moving forward this season. Thanks so much for being here on Locked on Vols today. I hope everybody has a great Christmas coming up early next week. I hope everybody enjoys celebrating the holiday season. If you're traveling, be safe. I'll be traveling a little bit over the next few days. I want to tell you thanks so much for being here each and every day, five days a week, talking about what's going on with Tennessee. It means a lot that you tune in and check out what's going on with the Locked on Vols podcast. Remember, send me a message anytime at Josh underscore Ward. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and I'll see you again here soon.